For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carathy invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We want to thank Home Instead, our sponsor for this episode. Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. All caregivers are thoroughly screened, extensively trained, professional, and reliable. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Now, James Van Dyke is with me today, and we are talking about soil. He shared his personal story and his love story with his darling wife in an episode we still haven't figured out what to name. But there, there's at least two of these, and they're both listed under entrepreneurship at kathycraffy.com. James, thank you so much for coming back. Kathy, thank you for having me. I'm excited because I know after, I loved your story, but I also knew that when we got to this segment, I would get to ask you about the biblical stuff you've shared with me. I don't know even when we had this conversation, but I was so impressed. I could not wait to get you on the show. And then when I had entrepreneurship as my topic, I was like, okay, now I know I'm calling James. So tell me a little bit. I want you to share with our listeners Tell me about your heart, all the stuff that's in your heart about soil and what the Bible has to say about dirt. Absolutely. Uh, Well, it wasn't something I really thought a whole lot about except for reading, growing up in the church, reading the the passages that refer to soil directly uh, until I really started working with it um, out professionally and realizing day to day what parallels there are um, from to to soil uh, in the gospel and um, and in our personal lives as well especially in composting which is which is what we do as a soils manufacturing facility the cornerstone of that endeavor is composting and composting is the uh, organized and uh, metered breakdown of organic matter, and part of that is the uh, the thermal uh, breakdown. You have to build heat up to a minimum of 135 degrees Fahrenheit in order to break down uh, a blend of carbon and nitrogen. And so, um, you, you're probably thinking, well, what what does that have to do with with anything? <laughs> but organic matter and and all, yeah. And, and what I'm causes. really thinking is you're such a soil nerd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, and on carbon, it's it's carbon-derived 
meaning essentially it was once living. And, and so, uh, you know, green, green trees, green leaves, uh, you know, the, the green grass, uh, when it, um, when it gets cut off, uh, and dies, it, it starts breaking down. And so how <clears throat> I, I've been able to really, um, gain encouragement and wisdom and depth and understanding the gospel through composting is seeing the fact that, um, Hey, when we, um, when we have a, a part of us that needs to be, uh, cold out, uh, part of sin nature that, that God wants to refine, um, that that's cut off. And, uh, then that will, will then break down, have, have the opportunity to break down and, um, then turn into something nutrient rich, uh, stable, productive, and then be able to feed back into soil. And and the New Testament, and of course the Old Testament as well, is riddled with references to soil as Jesus is talking to uh, an agronomic society. And uh, in Matthew thirteen, in Matthew thirteen, the parable parable of the, of the soil. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he addresses, hey, there's, there's, a, there's a rocky soil, there's a soil with thorns, um, and then talking about how uh, the seed's response to those different uh, soil settings. Um, and for mm. this time, I've heard different interpretations of that scripture, and uh, the, the church I'm currently at, uh, Pastor Eric Barton, he spoke on, how that is a uh, how how the soil is uh, is us you know look look no further than than our hearts and and so in doing that uh, we uh, our soils must be maintained and this isn't this isn't keeping ah. work based uh, gospel this is this is saying you know we we need uh, the ultimate soil amendment and amender. Jesus Christ, and um, so so compost. When when I go when I'm driving the facility and I see I see steam coming off of our piles and and mm-hmm. I, I see things uh, breaking down and and smell the rich humic acid and, and organic matter breaking down. I, I think of hey, this was once once living. Um, and and now it's it's breaking down, it's it's changing its uh, its purpose, and becoming wow. uh, rich and beneficial. Wow, that is so interesting. So the and and I can't help but think about the death leading to life, and and the yeah. I'm trying to remember the verse, but it's something like unless a unless a seed dies, it can't give it can't become alive. Is that right? Am I misquoting Absolutely. the verse? I think that's so interesting. Uh, it is, and um, and there, there's there's so many other parallels that that um, I, I could talk about later. But uh, you know, in in general, um, you know, we we have you know resources and time are finite, and um, and nutrients and water. Uh, our finite resources for, for the physical nature and, and for, for trees. And as they go through the process of growing, uh, then, then, 
you know, when, when I see a tree being cut down, uh, now I kind of have a, have a dual and, and mixed response. It's, oh man, what a beautiful living thing, uh, that's, that's being destroyed. But, but now I can also say, hey, uh, that, that's going to be beneficial for, for other trees, for other plants, uh, that, and that will also have a, have a positive purpose. That's so interesting that it's changed your perspective that much to be working in this environment. What I, what I find most fascinating about some of the things you share is it reminds me of a show I did. And one of the people on the air asked me kind of because it was a really lovely, diverse group of people. And they asked me kind of in a hostile way, well, you're in the oil business. Don't you hurt the environment? And, of course, what I wanted to say is no. And I, I did say some of this, but basically my first thought was, I'm a Christian. I I want to protect what God made. I really respect and love what he made. And so because of that, we've always tried to be really careful with what we do. And, and you know, not to say we're perfect or anything, but we do really try. And, and I appreciate it when people give Republicans or Democrats, but Christians especially, a chance to be environmentally respectful. I just don't know why those things have to be polarized like they are in politics. Absolutely. Uh, so I, well, I'm, business thrives on, on efficiency and recycling um, and recycling whatever resources are used in, in, the, um, in production, whatever, whatever industry you're in. Uh, it ends up being the most efficient thing, and so um, and, and a lot of um, a lot of large businesses are are realizing that. I mean, Walmart for one, uh, they use uh, their their recycling program is is expansive. It's it's huge, and uh, they've realized that hey, the most profitable thing is actually to be a good steward. And, I love and, that. You know, sometimes Sometimes uh, people think, hey, cutting corners is, is going to be more profitable. Well, it, it might briefly, but not in the long run. Well, okay. So I love the way you brought that up about stewardship and profitability. And as an entrepreneur, I know that really matters. So talk to me a little bit about what we're – I'm going to have a few minutes before the break. I want you to talk a little bit before we break about how stewarding your – your customers, I have about maybe a minute that you can talk about this, and we'll talk more about it yeah. after the break. Absolutely. Uh, dealing with customers is, is my favorite thing. I, I really enjoy interacting with customers. And like I said previously, uh, you know, instead of going about business uh, in such a way to say, hey, I sell a widget, um, but to approach it in such a way to uh, take the mindset that I'm a problem solver, uh, mm-hmm. that is where you really develop and, and grow a relationship with a customer. And so starting with that uh, premise is, is where uh, we are actually able to solve people's problems when, when we start there. And that's, I, that's our goal at Texas Organic. I want to ask you a dumb question. Do you do, do you do private individuals or do you mostly work with businesses? Cause I've got this one spot in my yard that is, I know it's a dirt issue. Do you ever do? Absolutely. I, I mean, I know you would do it for me, but I'm saying, would you do? Do you have customers <laughs> that are individuals? So we we don't act as a landscape company. 
okay. because we're a sole manufacturing company, we, we provide material to landscapers. And so gotcha. it, it's totally appropriate. And we are used by quite a few landscapers in Tyler and in the greater uh, Northeast Texas area. But uh, it's totally appropriate to say, hey, uh, I need this work done uh, to a landscaper. Please use Texas Organics material. Oh, and, okay. and we oftentimes will consult with our customer, the landscaper, and say, "Hey, this is this is the best thing to use." But okay, but I'm going to interrupt you because they're going to they're going to run sure. our they're going to run our ads whether I like it or not. Hey, and I do okay. like <laughs> it. But uh, Texas Organic, sure, don't forget that, folks. We're going to be right back. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. a dynamic woman? Sandra Beck and Linda Crater host Dynamic Women Talk Radio, bringing lively weekly shows in a roundtable format with influential guests from around the globe. This amazing tribe of diverse and accomplished women share their candid views on topics such as reputation, handling rejection, loyalty, what is sexy, overthinking, blended families, and much more. Discussions are joyful, with freedom to address topics from various perspectives with candor, respect, and no judgment. These are the conversations you wish you could have with all your family and friends. Dynamic women have lived their lives boldly with unexpected and sometimes undesired turns in the road of life. Yet detours and bumps bring opportunity, personal growth, more authenticity, and a fresh outlook. Join our welcoming tribe of dynamic women each Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, also on iTunes, and more information at dynamicwomentalkradio.com. Celebrating vibrant, charismatic women everywhere. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles. Entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. I'm Wise Health for Women Radio, host Linda Crater, and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, on iTunes, and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, 
Hey, we're talking with my friend James Van Dyke today with Texas Organic. And if you are are interested and excited like I am about, like I have this one dead spot in my yard, and I'm definitely going to find out how to get Texas Organic soil. So I wanted to give you their website. It's texasorganicsoil.com, and you can go there to find out more about what James is doing. But I, I know, James, for me, I'm going to, I'm going to start asking when people come to help me with the yard. I'm going to specifically ask them to check in with you because I had a, I do have a really good landscaper, and I know when I let them know that there's a problem there, they'll fix it for me. But I'm disappointed that I have to circle back because they know mm-hmm. to put good soil under there. And and to me, it's pretty obvious this particular area. Like when the only thing that'll grow is weeds, that's got to be a clue. It's got to be a dirt problem. It's getting water. It, it, it is. Oftentimes, you're, you're exactly right. It's a, it's a water, it's a moisture holding capacity issue. And in East Texas, we have, uh, <laughs> we, we have the... Uh, uh, I guess a broad scope of soils as well. We have uh, quite a few sandy soils that are native and, and prone in our areas. And then we have uh, red clay and, and not really a whole lot in between. There are some serious yeah. left here and there, but uh, a lot of times in uh, developed areas, what you have to deal with, especially what new construction sites use for what mm-hmm. they call top soil, and I'm doing air quotes right now, is, is really sand. And, and yeah. uh, what that's lacking is organic matter. What organic matter is, it's, it's you know, when you run a soil analysis uh, at whatever lab you use, one of the constituents typically that comes up with a soil report is soil, orga- soil organic matter percentage. And what that is, the percentage of uh, decayed, stable, broken down organic matter, which has what they call cation exchange capacity or essentially plant available nutrients there's nutrients that are available to the plant that, that the plant requires. There's 16 plant essential nutrients for a plant to grow. And, and organic matter enables the soil, um, I mean, I'm sorry, organic matter enables the plant to essentially uptake the existing nutrients in the soil um, more efficiently and, and more fully. And, and that's another parallel to the gospel when we incorporate organic matter to improve our soil uh, and, and incorporate the gospel and good things, that, that amends and enables us to um, utilize the, the good things that are the good opportunities that are in our lives. I think there's so much that you could do that I, I know we don't. We don't. We're not even going to touch on all the applications you could make here. So here, I want you to think about this one and come up with one for the next time we talk. One somebody told me one time, and I know this is true in my yard of this spot that I'm worried over. That if you plant plants in sand, you might as well just put them in an oven filled with glass. The, the there's nothing to protect them. They're just going to get burnt. And so I want you to think. I want you to think of a spiritual application for that, but I, I want to come back to something else you said, James, and that is you used one of my favorite words besides fellowship, which I love, and community and some of the collaboration, all those good words. One of my other favorite words is stewardship, and I think people who are, are wanting to be entrepreneurs sometimes don't understand the privilege it is to steward and also the hard work it is to start a 
company from the concept up. But but I do know from experience that stewardship involves caring for your customer. So I want to back up and I want to ask you to define stewardship and then tell me how that applies for entrepreneurs when it comes to their customers. Sure. Uh, stewardship, how I would define it, uh, I would say it's it's the opportunity to maintain and uh, care for the things around you um, with uh, sustainability in mind. That that sounds pretty uh, cheesy, but uh, I guess expounding on that, you, to, to make something sustainable, uh, you know, you, you touched on the fact that sometimes, sometimes industry is given a bad rap. A lot of times industry, uh, they, they have all the incentive to, to be good stewards and to be sustainable, uh, like for instance, the, the forestry industry, the lumber industry, um, you know, they're, they're the, they're the main, uh, movers and, uh, the main, uh, beneficiaries in wanting to replant. And so for, for them to, to cut down trees, sure, they're cutting down trees, but they're also doing it in such a way, they're doing it the best way possible. They know how to get more regrowth. And oftentimes oh, wow. they're also offsetting what they're, what they're planting and replanting with even more trees elsewhere. So uh, there's there's that uh, to keep in mind. So I would say uh, something of, of the mindset of just caring for, maintaining, and and trying to make sustainable the, the things around you. Uh, and as far as relating that to customers and, and to business, uh, and, and maybe even answering or, or, or touching on a topic you brought up before about sand uh, we we have a customer that they are a uh, sand they're a hydraulic uh, fracking sand mine so they mm-hmm. they're a surface mine where they, they mine sands and um, that are naturally occurring uh, in the area mm-hmm. and uh, per per environmental state regulation uh, they're required to revegetate that to equal or greater vegetative productivity as it was before. And mm. uh, when, when they were initially trying to um, do this uh, and, and, and try to revegetate, uh, they started with a five-acre area. They, uh, they realized, hey, we're putting lime, we're putting uh, nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, fertilizer, and, and heavy amounts. Of, you know, mm. this, should, this should work well. We're putting heavy seed out. And then they, they had less than 5% germination. And they're scratching their heads, thinking, "What is the deal?" And uh, thankfully, I we were able to to hook up, and and the uh, uh, the manager, the environmental manager out there, said, "Hey, what what can we do? Do you have any ideas?" And I said, "Yeah, of course. Uh, you need organic matter." <laughs> and, yeah, that's and so interesting. I that we incorporate uh, one inch of organic matter into three inches of the native existing sand. But I said, "Hey, first, let's take a soil sample." So we know what we're working with. I want to know the pH. Mm. I want to know the, the organic matter percentage. Well, um, I've never seen this before, and I've taken hundreds of soil samples, um, and I saw 0.0% organic matter. I'm talking wow. this was straight silica. When you were talking about putting it in an oven. Uh, and, and, uh, Especially it, in East Texas. With glass. It, it, 
this in this situation, people call them sugar sands or yeah, uh, and, you can export that and, to and the beach. What, right, and and exactly, and so that's what. And in fact, these sands were washed, meaning they had uh, they were intentionally washed of all organic matter because the the product that they uh, were producing for the fracturing industry was was you know clean sand, you Techni- know, essentially yeah, the, glass. The, that's a real uh, technology so, in itself. Absolutely. So we fast forward to, uh, or even 28 days after after seeding, uh, we had uh, over 75% germination, oh, and then wow. now fast forward two years, uh, that that once devoid um, of vegetation five acre plot is 100% covered. In fact, the last time I went out there to look, they hadn't mowed it, and it was about hip high. Uh, in a in a lot of different varieties, but what we planted, and then also other other native uh, volunteers that that popped up, uh, and, and doing that now, <clears throat> that soil is only getting more productive, That's so only beautiful. gaining more organic matter as it breaks down, as the the uh, grass is mowed and and it breaks down, it's only getting growing and organic matter content. Mm. And so, I'm, I guess to circle back and, and be specific, uh, that situation was a situation where, um, you know, we, we did go about the, the transaction saying, hey, okay, what, what can we do for you? Uh, what is your problem? And, um, and listening to them and, and saying, okay, your problem is growing things. This is what you tried. Uh, and in this case, we were able to say, hey, our product is the answer. Not all the time can we say that. And I think a, a, a long-term customer uh, will respect you more, or does, from what I've experienced, and say, when when you're able to say to them, "Hey, call this or use this product. We don't make it, wow. we don't have it, but but use it. It's the best thing for you." Uh, James, and we're, we're totally willing to do that. We're coming to the end of the program. I want to just circle back and emphasize this. So, what you're telling me about sustainability is. Stewardship, especially when it applies, it applies to our environment, of course, but when it applies to relationships, stewarding your relationships means really looking out what, for what is best for the other person. You know, in your, in your business with the soil, yeah, you're, you're maintaining the soil in a way that makes it better for, we, at Camp Crafty, we call that leaving the campsite better than we found it. So with the things you're doing with the soil, you're just leaving the world better than you found it. And that five acres, I mean, that's a great example of what can happen when an entrepreneur looks at problem solving. So I'm going to have to ask you to come back. I want to talk about how hard it is to be an entrepreneur. I think you make it sound easy because you're so successful. (laughs) And we both know it's hard work. It is. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I know you, you're you're just so great at it, and I know stewarding your customers is part of your skill set. I can see that about you, just knowing how you steward the rest of your life. So, thank you so much for being with me to James uh, today, James. I'm gonna say goodbye because I've got 30 seconds to wrap this up. Absolutely. If yeah, you want, oh, it's our, my pleasure. It's a treat to have you on. If you want to know more well, from James, uh, you can go to TexasOrganicSoil.com. And, of course, you can find both episodes that he's done with me at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F-V-E.com. Thank you for joining us today. 
Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, come on. Got in.